When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Rich Eisen Show. This Michigan is our time. Big Ten champion. Go Blue! Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. First victory of the year on the line. Goff's got it. Back, looks, throws, and yes! Caught! Touchdown to Cornwallis! They've done it! The Rich Eisen Show. Today's guests. USC head coach Lincoln Riley. From NBC Sports, Peter King, plus college game day analyst Desmond Howard. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show on the air. Lincoln Riley of USC Football is going to be joining us in 20 minutes time. Desmond Howard of the worldwide leader in sports, also of the Heisman Trophy and Super Bowl MVP winning platforms, will be joining us in hour number three to talk about uh, the college football ranking that went down one through four, Alabama taking on Cincinnati and Michigan taking on Georgia. Lots to discuss, certainly with uh, Miami's job seeming to be uh, referred to uh, being filled by, pardon me, Oregon's head coach, Mario Cristobal. Mm. So Miami can't say, I don't have a crystal ball. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> they do, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Oregon can now say, I don't have a crystal ball. But don't, boom. Thanks, everybody. Hey, I'll be here Best all week. dad ever, making puns, dropping <laughs> I mean, names, taking phone calls. The Rich Eisen Show. Try the Manicotti and tip your waitress. Now? Who goes to Oregon now? I don't know. Does it matter? Because they 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 keep winning with whoever's there. Let me tell you who they goes to Oregon. They got a heck of a program there. Who goes they, to Oregon? They're going to bring Chip back? Chip Kelly. <laughs> bring Chip back? Dude, I, I know some UCLA fans that would say, here, take him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're probably right. And there would be a lot of UCLA fans yeah, that would love that probably, redo. I think you're probably right. Circle of life, everybody. Joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show. By the way, your phone calls, we'll take them all. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. We haven't done overreaction Monday yet either, so we have a lot to jam in in the next two hours. Certainly Mike Del Tufo uh, with the weather report for weather. Monday Night Football. It's supposed to be uh, a particularly inclement evening in western New York this evening for a huge Week 13 Monday nighter. I'll be doing uh, the uh, pregame at halftime on Westwood One for that one. Uh, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. And calling in right now is one of our favorites. We haven't spoken to him in a while. Uh, the man who does football morning in America, must-read column every single day on NBC Sports. Joining us, Peter King here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, PK? Rich, I, I do want to ask you one question before we start on all things Please, Niffle. sir. Please, sir. Um, have you told your lovely bride, Susie, what you guys are going to be doing for New Year's Eve this oh, yes. year? Oh, yeah. We're, we're, we're uh, last, if, in all like honesty, since you have asked, uh, as Jim Harbaugh was lifting the trophy... Um, I turned to Sue's, uh, it could have been uh, mere seconds to say, uh, we're going to have to find a television on New Year's Eve. That's going to have to happen. 
But she knew it. But she knows. She, this, this is even though it's all of our first rodeo with this whole Michigan being uh, in a national champion semifinal thing. I mean, um, it's it's all good, man. I, it's house yeah, money as know, far as I'm concerned. It's unbelievable. The, did you see the the sort of cute uh, Brady Harbaugh thing that Brady posted last week? I did not. With, oh, it was really good. It was about him talking about. Uh, how great it was to finally see Michigan beat Ohio State and recounting the times he beat him and how low he was when he lost to him. Uh, it was really, really good. He, he was on some um, some video deal with Harbaugh and they and they posted a clip of it. It was fun. Yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm on cloud nine and I appreciated your text as well that you sent me over the weekend. I'm getting texts from people like literally I played. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah, yeah. it's it's funny. But um, I appreciate it. So uh, let let us jump in uh, to the the NFL. And I know that they're they were on a buy, and I know that they are on the outside looking in, or as we refer to it here on the Rich Eisen Show, sniffing it in the in the NFC. But what happened with Carolina? They fire offensive coordinator Joe Brady, who came with Matt Rule in a very heralded maneuver by the organization as the best hottest coaching candidate from college and the best hottest coordinator candidate from college, and pairing him up. What happened? I think Brady's reputation was a little bit shaky coming into this year, uh, Rich, because I think the Panthers were a little surprised that he couldn't make beautiful music with Teddy Bridgewater last year. In fact, at the end of last year, I'm told that Brady expected that he was going to get fired after last year. And he didn't. They kept him in. And uh, basically, I think... What it all means is that uh, he wasn't calling the game that the head coach wanted to be called. The head coach wants to be a little bit more ground and pound than uh, than Joe Brady wanted it to be. And so rather than continuing to try to deal with this, put a square peg in a round hole, he just made a change. I think he almost did Brady a favor by doing it on an NFL game day Sunday so the news would be dwarfed by the white noise of all the games. Huh. So Carolina, again, like the Saints, like other teams that are on the outside look, looking in, still have five games left to play to make a run, and they're not too far away from that playoff spot. So They're not going to be making a run. Well, then the question is, like, what are they going to look like? So it's going to be Chuba Hubbard and 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 – Cam doing mesh point stuff and trying to jam it down your throat and trying to make that run that you say they're not going to make? I mean, I mean, who knows, Rich? I mean, I think the bottom line in all of this, in all of this is, you look at every coach who is struggling right now, everyone, and there is a universal truth. They don't have a quarterback. And, you know, they can, they can dress it up any way they want to in Carolina in the last five weeks. Do you really have hope that at the end of that five-week period that David Tepper and Matt Rule are going to have a meeting and they're going and, and, and Scott Fitterer and they're going to have a meeting and say, yep, Cam's our guy going forward. That was a $6 million scotch tape job till the end of the year. And then they're going to go out and spend more money and try to fix it one more time and chase the tail that is every team knowing that it will never win without getting a quarterback of the future. Does Ron Rivera have a quarterback of the future? Is, has Taylor Heineke played his way into being the Washington football He's team, whatever they'll be known as? Contention. 
but it's why, you know, it's good that you've got five more games to make that judgment and maybe a postseason game. I could see a scenario where uh, Washington drafts the best quarterback available when it picks in the draft this year, <clears throat> or, uh, you know, if there's one in the second or third round that they really like, and then just bring him to camp and let him learn and give Taylor Heineke another year to see if he's a long-term guy. But, I mean, maybe. He's the kind of guy who you want on your roster. It's exactly like, why do you want Colt McCoy? Why do you want Gardner Minshew? Because you want competent, uh, or better than competent level NFL backup on your team. So what about Minshew? Did 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 that uh, do anything? Move the needle in any way, shape, or form in in Philadelphia? I despite doubt it. I mean, they never traded for Gardner Minshew. Basically, Gardner Minshew is you know replaced Joe Flacco, and they're both six round picks. Uh, you know that was the compensation for him. So that there's there's I, I shouldn't say there's no way. It's highly highly unlikely that Howie Roseman woke up this morning and said, well, Jalen Hurts, Gardner Minshew going into 2022. Hmm. You know, they've got, they probably will have three Hmm. first-round picks somewhere between, let's say, 12 and 25. And you're going to be able to do a lot with that, Uh, maybe between 10 and 25. And you're going to be able to do a lot with that. So we'll see what happens. I don't think they're done building their quarterback roster peter king here on the rich eisen show and here we are now week 13 longest regular season ever etc so on and so forth and the preseason uh non-playing season talent evaluation season the conversation was all of uh, about russell wilson and him wanting better or him wanting a voice or him wanting stuff that we saw brady cash in right and that was the whole conversation now here we are they just finally won a game with him best as quarterback for the first time since week four, uh, Peter, that happened. Where do things stand uh, over the next few weeks uh, as they are probably are in, in the same category of hoping to make a run but perhaps not making it? What do you think? I Peter? think the next few weeks for, for Pete Carroll are vitally important for his future. Um, I won't be surprised if they make a coaching change, but I don't think they're actively looking to make a coaching change. Um, I do believe that Jody Allen is, uh, you know, certainly has to be thinking about that and thinking about what she wants the future of her franchise to be. And look, Rich, I don't know this for a fact, but it's just a feeling I get. I think if, if Pete Carroll comes back, just my gut feeling that Russell Wilson would probably want to have a chance to play elsewhere. It's not that he doesn't like Pete Carroll. I think he does like Pete Carroll. But, you know, he wants different. He wants a change. He wants something new. And I think that new could be a new situation in Seattle. We'll see. But, again, a lot of that is going to have to do with what happens in in this last month of the season. So many teams right now, I think, are on the cusp, like Seattle like Denver. I think Denver is a really fascinating place to watch because obviously they've now lost 11 in a row to their daddies in the uh, AFC West, Kansas City. So what do you do if you're Denver? 
you really like Vic Fangio, you like what he does on defense, you simply cannot get the quarterback position right. It's been six years now. So what do you do? And that's the thing I think that George Payton has to decide there. And I think in, in Seattle they have to decide, do we want Russell Wilson to be the centerpiece of our, of our future? If so, with what coach? And, uh, you know, how active are we going to be in trying to our, improve our team in the offseason? And how active is Russell going to be in that decision, right? He, he, well, he, he certainly rattled were, a couple of cages were, this spring. If I were Jody Allen, if I were John Schneider, now jo- Jody Allen's a bit of a reclusive person. Uh, if I were Jody Allen and John Schneider, I would uh, I would probably have him a little bit involved. I would probably have some discussions with him before the end of this year. Like Rich, the scenario I think if I were if I were ruling the world, if I were running the Seahawks, is I'd have a meeting with Russell Wilson if I were Jody Allen, and I would just say, "Hey, this is all off the record. Nothing's coming out of this room." But I just want to know, do you want to be here? If you want to be here, what are the conditions that you'd be a happy, willing, long-term participant here? That's what you ought to do. You shouldn't be going to war with your quarterback every year. Not saying that they will be, but I do think that if it's status quo at the end of the year, I'm not sure Russell Wilson's going to want to stay. That's fine. You both made your decision. But you really ought to just lay the cards on the table, uh, you know, before you get to nut-cutting time. Peter King here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. What is the Steelers' plan at quarterback, do you think? What do you think? I, I really don't think they have one. <laughs> um, I, think they, I think they're going to enter the offseason. Um, I would be very surprised. Everybody always says, hey, Steelers, this conservative organization, all this. Well, They've made some big moves. That Minka Fitzpatrick trade, everybody said, oh, my God, that's right. so un-Steeler-like. Kevin Colbert is really smart. He's, he's more of a progressive guy than people think, more of a future thinker than people think. And when it comes to quarterback, I will be very surprised if they don't pick up the phone after the season, after Ben Roethlisberger walks away, which... I thought it was very interesting. Adam Schefter has the story Saturday. Roethlisberger has the chance to to uh, deny it or to say it isn't true, and all he says is, well, I haven't told everybody that, and everybody chuckles. So clearly, this is a story. This is real. And to me, when I hear that, when I think about it, I think two days after the last game of the season for the Green Bay Packers, just my gut feeling, Kevin Colbert's going to pick up the phone and call Brian Gutekunst and say, do not make a move on Aaron Rodgers if you're going to without talking to us. You know, and, and, the, and then, then that, the question is, is why, why wouldn't Rodgers want to stay put? You know what I mean? Like, uh, would they really, are well, the Packers going through are they got, What about Devontae Adams? Well, that's what I'm saying, but why why would the Packers say, you know what, it's time for us to just start from square one with Jordan Love, right? We've got the coach. He's not going anywhere. And we've got the rest of the roster that we totally believe, but we do need to just start from scratch rather than do that three years from now when Aaron Rodgers might want to walk away at age 42, 43. Like, 
and then why would rod unless rogers really feels that um that that everything hasn't been done for him or does it really matter the way the season finishes than what we're talking about because rogers is in a spot it, where he knows he knows exactly where everything is and what what, what he wants I know, but i think i think it matters i think everything matters to aaron Rodgers. look I don't know that everybody believes this, and I can't tell you. I don't live in Aaron Rodgers' head. But when I talked to him in August, he looked me in the eye and he said, listen, this right now is about this season. This is about being where your feet are. This is not about he, – he told the team this when he came back. And I'm going I'm to crudely paraphrase because I, I, I wasn't there, but this is just basically what he passed on to me, that he told the, his teammates, listen, forget worrying about where you're going to be in 2022. Forget about the future. Let's everybody do everything humanly possible we can to win now, to win this year. And then next year is going to take care of itself. Forget it. And so I don't think he's going to talk about it. I'd be surprised if he talked about it at all. And I think he just wants to let everything fall the way it's going to fall this year. And then on February 16th or whatever the morning after his last game is, of course he thinks about it now. But that's when he will really start to put his plan into place for 2022 and beyond. And just as a reminder, Rich, Aaron Rodgers has the ability after this year to request a trade and Green Bay has to, uh, you know, has to deal him then, okay? He'll have some choice, but not full choice as to where he goes. And then if he, if he plays one more year in 2022, he will be an unrestricted free agent. Right. And the Packers can do nothing to stop him from leaving. So, essentially, he can go next year with some strings on him, including, keep this in mind, Wherever he goes, it's going to cost that team two or three very high draft picks and maybe one very good player. If he goes to Denver to two, for two ones and Jerry Judy, like, is he going to say, whoa, 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 whoa? I want to throw the ball to Jerry Judy. You know, so, so there, there's a lot of things I'm sure he is thinking about now and he will think about, but I don't think any of us are going to be privy to that until after the season. Isn't it amazing how the Patriots have gotten it right so quickly? Now that we're talking about quarterbacks I mean, and turning the page and what to do and all that. It's a great lesson, isn't it? It's a great lesson in saying we're going to tune out all the noise. We're going to pick with the 15th pick in the draft a quarterback who we think is ready-made, not just for our offense, but for being a New England Patriot. He walked in there the same way Tom Brady walked in there in 2000, which is you know, having, having no privileges – even though he was the 15th pick and Brady 199th, having no privileges and having to prove absolutely everything. And, you know, they've, they've kept him under a rock for the most part. Uh, I've requested and been unable to interview him. I'm sure a yeah. lot of my peers Me have too. the same Us too. experience. Yep. That's the way Belichick is to rookies. Uh, he's like He's got the John Thompson ethos, you know, that John Thompson used to have with freshmen. But, but I, I look at this right now, Rich, and I just say, Belichick built this team the absolute right way for a young quarterback. How? 
intermediate throwing targets, Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith. And with defensive playmakers that every week it's somebody new. One week, Kyle Van Noy. One week, Kyle Duggar. One week, J.C. Jackson. One week, Matt Judon. I mean, it's amazing how many defensive playmakers they have. And everybody said, oh, geez, you're giving away Stephon Gilmore? I mean, as usual, Belichick knew what he was doing. And it's funny you say that, you know, Jones enters the same way that Brady entered, even though Brady was a, a sixth-round pick, 199th overall, Mac Jones was a first-rounder, 15. Uh, we, we all know that there's a famous documentary, The Brady Six, because uh, there were six quarterbacks taken before him. Mac Jones, despite where he was, there were four taken before him. So we can maybe have yeah, a documentary, yeah. The Jones Four, at some point. It's you know? all, hey, hey, you know what, Rich? Rich, great moral to the story. And I remember there's a quarterback who's been picked in the top five. Mm. I'm not going to tell you in the last three or four years, whose agent was bemoaning where he was going to go and who was going to pick him. And I said to him, you know, Lamar Jackson's the luckiest guy in the world because I'm sure he was angry on draft day going at the absolute bottom of the first round, but he should have been throwing a party just like Dan Marino threw a party or should have been when he got picked 28th by the Dolphins because it is your first contract in football just doesn't matter. It's where you're drafted and what your chances are once you're drafted. And look, on draft night, everybody is happy. Zach Wilson's happy. Justin Fields is happy. Trevor Lawrence, they're all happy. But I I will tell you, do you think any of those guys don't now look at Mac Jones and say, oh, my God, what a great situation he's in. What a lucky guy he is. (laughs) I, I mean, you know, it's where you get drafted. Peter, thanks for the call. Loved it, as always. Appreciate it. Okay, Rich, you take care. Peter King, check out his Football Morning in America column. Let's take a break. Lincoln Valley's waiting in the wings, and so is your phone calls. We'll do it all next couple of minutes right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Don't go anywhere. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. 
Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This is the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. He is now the head coach of USC football right now. As we all know, he left Oklahoma to be such. Joining me on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line is Lincoln Riley. How are you, coach? Great, Rich. I'm great, Rich. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Uh, Normally, I don't know if you're aware of this, you have broken protocol. Normally, I'm the one to welcome anybody new to Southern California, so (laughs) you're a bit bit late. I understand things came together quickly, so uh, I, I get it. But they did. you're gonna have to give me a rain check on that one. Yeah. Well, welcome to Southern California. A little thank bit late, you, but you. yeah, you got it. So, are uh, have you have you how soon have you realized that uh, that it's it, the weather's pretty damn good every day? Has that um, has that yeah, hit you yet? Second, I got off the plane. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, hard to believe. It's like being on a vacation, never having to go home. Yeah, you know, I I when I first moved out here from Bristol, Connecticut, all those many many moons ago, and I I spent my first three months in a in a TV studio pretty much every day, and I kept lamenting to myself, I'm in I'm indoors all day, and it's so beautiful outside, and then I realized that's the way it is pretty much every day, and it kind of I, I finally found my groove. It took me a while. I love, you know what I, I mean? love it. And I love it. I'll be doing the same. Well, I mean, are are you pretty much already hitting the recruiting trail though? How much time have you spent in Southern California? Already. Yeah, not much. Last week we were we were we were all over the country. Last week we'll be we'll be here a little bit more this week, which will be good and and uh, busy time with our players getting ready to to wrap up the semester and finals and and then obviously working to, to hire a staff and 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 then oh by the way national signing day coming up uh, you know here in, in about eight or nine days so it's a uh, a busy time but certainly excited after that all that happens and the dust settles to get a chance to, to really get settled in get the family here and, uh, and and get used to living here in Southern Cal. And so uh, did you ever think you'd live in Southern California ever in your existence, in your life? Uh, I, you know, I hoped I would. I, I, I like, I've always enjoyed our time out here. Got to, to be out here a few times, obviously recruiting, a couple of vacations out here, I've played in a couple of games out here. So I've always Always loved it, and and always been somebody that's that's loved kind of new experiences, both for for you know myself professionally, and, and most importantly for my family. So now uh, it's kind of a you never know how these things are going to happen, but it's certainly a you know a, a part of this this whole situation that we're very excited about. Lincoln Riley here on the Rich Eisen show, and and I'm sure you're aware uh, going about your business that your your arrival here in Southern California surprised so many people because of the situation you were in in Oklahoma, churning out. Heisman Trophy winners and teams winning championships and having the right to play for the ultimate championship. So when when did you consider yourself first poachable, Coach? Because nobody really outside looking in thought you were possibly poachable. When did you consider yourself that, Coach? Um, you know, really, honestly, I really never did. I mean, I, I was. You know, very, we were very, very happy at Oklahoma. People there were, were great to us. Like you said, we had a you know really good situation. But uh, this this opportunity, this opportunity came up, and the more we the more we get to learn more about it, um, and and kind of listen to the vision of the, the people here, and, and I think more for us, just just kind of thinking about the the possibilities, the new challenges, the new excitement. Um, it was just something that honestly a little bit surprisingly, but something that just really. As it became more and more clear, um, it was something that we wanted to do as a family and uh, a challenge that we were ready to take on. So anytime you you do something new, I mean, there's going to be, you know, a lot of excitement, nervous energy. I mean, just kind of that eager anticipation. But it was at, at any point uh, as we started to learn about USC, you could kind of feel the excitement and you could feel how bad the people here 
want to have this program back where it belongs on the national stage. And uh, you just, uh, I think the, the potential combined with the investment level and how hungry everybody here is right now uh, just made it too good to pass up. So what, what about your current situation do you feel gives you a better chance than the one that you had? Uh, I, I, I don't know that I would say better or compare. It was just more, it was more about we felt like this could be great. Um, and part of it is, Obviously, it has been great before, and I think people recognize the potential of your your location. You're coaching at one of the premier institutions in the country, uh, the history of this place, how many people are invested and want this place to do well, the talent base. I mean, just it was just a combination of everything here, and you start to think, if we can get there, if we can get the culture right, if we can get the locker room right, um, get the right staff, the right people in here, we just felt like that this could be an unbelievable opportunity all the way around. So, yeah, I think it was more of the excitement of that versus comparing it to any other situation. And then one other aspect that's been bandied about, about your decision in all this, Lincoln Riley, is the fact that the SEC is a lot tougher than uh, the Pac-12. And um, for you to have a shot and a seat that might be more and more difficult to get, even with expansion in the college football playoff, that this isn't, I guess, an easier path to that basket. And thus, it's something that would also appeal to you. Would you agree with that? assessment no i wouldn't i I, i've never been i've never been somebody that runs away from a challenge you know that's not me and honestly the the easier um probably more in some ways maybe more comfortable thing to do uh would have been to stay at oklahoma um like you said we had so many great things there um so many great people and again I, i think oklahoma has a tremendously bright future no matter who's coaching that place and uh so um now this was about Again, just a new challenge, and there, there's so many aspects to making a decision about this. And uh, I think you have to, I think you just have to feel like it all lines up for your family, for your staff and their family, uh, for your future, uh, for the program, uh, kind of where it's at, where you think it can be. I just, it's it, so many things are a factor. Um, and again, this, those things all lined up at USC. What's your thoughts on your successor, Brent Venables, going there? I'm excited for him, man. He's been a good friend for a long time. I've admired him as a coach for a long time, and I know he's been. You know, I think he's patiently waited for for the right opportunity. So for him to have a chance to go back home, uh, he'll do a great job there. I got a chance to visit with him uh, a couple times before he took the job, and and uh, no, I'll, I'll root for him like crazy. I, and I know he'll do a tremendous job. And what do you what do you make Lincoln Riley here on the Rich Eisen Show? The timing of of your decision, one of obviously Brian Kelly's as well, uh, happening back to back perhaps because of that early signing period or that signing period that you mentioned that you're, you're like, oh, yeah, oh, by the way, I've got to start recruiting now. And part of the reason why, you know, uh, people are knocking on your door like USC um, when they knocked on your door is because of that early that, that signing period right there, December 15th. I keep saying early. It just feels early. Would you be would you be up for moving that elsewhere, pushing it into January or something like that? I Coach? think it's something we got to consider. I mean, I think there's some there's some benefits to it, but also think there's been some some unintended consequences. You know, when you combine that with the, the transfer portal, I mean, those things have those two things have changed college football. I mean, they just have. They are, you know, and I think everybody knew that those were two significant changes when they happened. But I don't know that anybody could have predicted all the different um, kind of aftershocks uh, that we're seeing of those two kind of monumental decisions. So. Um, I do think we'll we'll have to continue to evaluate it because it does it, it puts tough timelines on on coaches it puts tough timelines on players on universities um, you know it's just not 
not not obviously the position that anybody wants to be in um, when you're making you know some of these life changing decisions. So um, I hope it's something that we look at. There's obviously some other leagues, some professional leagues that that obviously you know do it a little bit differently and have more rigid lines, and certainly maybe something we in college football have to have to really take a strong look at. Certainly, you know, uh, you, you've already gotten the the, the star recruit uh, to commit to you here that you had. Uh, already recruited uh, in Oklahoma. Um, so, what do you say to folks to, that that are that think that something like that seems unfair, Coach? That you get to move and that the kid then immediately gets to follow you to the new yeah, spot. Yeah, I, I think I think that's the nature of it. I mean, every kid has got to make their own decision, and that's uh, and again, that's whether that happens, uh, whether that happens, you know, before a kid goes to college, or it happens after he's been been in college and, and decides to make a move. That's that's nature of the game right there so we've tried to we've tried to have a strong um respect for for my previous employer for for oklahoma um it's not an easy situation we we understand that but um you know each kid's got to make his own decision and that's uh, at the end of the day kids are going to go where they want to go and uh and so i think we as coaches um programs we've got to all understand it and live with it all right so what's your pitch when you're going to someone's living room as the head coach of the uh, university of southern california what do you what do you tell <laughs> that's me? uh Honestly, it's a fun pitch to make. You know, it's uh, you know working again at one of the, the premier institutions in the country is, is first is the first thing. I think the the opportunity to coach at, and, and and play at one of the premier football programs historically uh, that there's ever been, and and it, so much to me, all this is about timing. You know, it's about the right place um, and the right time. And I think people there's a sense of, of excitement and anticipation for USC football right now, and a hunger to get it back and. You know, there's no no better feeling than being a part of something like that. So that's honestly, you know, those those future Trojans are having to make the same decisions that, you know, we we just had to make us and our family. So we've been there, we get it, we made our decision, and certainly hopeful that they'll make theirs. Well, I mean, one of the most embarrassing moments I've ever had as a broadcaster, Coach Riley, was when I did move from ESPN to NFL Network on NFL Total Access and accidentally called it Sports Center on the air, saying this is Sports Center. <laughs> has has Oklahoma slipped out of your mouth? At any point in the last yeah, I've week, I've been close a few times. <laughs> Seven years there, it's, uh, yeah. it was pretty ingrained in me, but I've, I've held it together so far. I bet, I bet. So, what what do you say to Sooner fans that are are kind of chapped with you and at you right now? What do you say to um, them right you now? You know, I, I hope time will heal that. I do. I I, I understand they're I understand they're disappointed uh, that that we left. I do, um, and I, I won't, you know I have a lot of love for that place. You know, we me and my family poured our heart and soul into that place for for seven years and loved every second of it. You know, had a, had a tremendous run of championships and success on and off the field. And, and, uh, so well, we've got, we've got nothing but love, you know, these, these things, when you leave a university, it's they're either, they either fire you or, or you leave on your own accord and neither one of them are easy and we understand it, but we, you know, our, our love for that place will never go away. And, uh, we certainly you know hope that as time goes on, that uh, the time we were there will be remembered fondly and, and, and that everybody will remember, all the great success that we all had together. Last two for you, Coach Riley. The uh, the uh, college football playoff committee has spoken, as you saw on Sunday. What do you think about their decision to go Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, and Cincinnati, and in that order? What are your thoughts on yeah. that subject? You know, based on what I saw, I thought, I thought that was a, a, a good choice. I thought they probably had one of the easier jobs this year, uh, just with the way that it all played out than maybe they have in recent years. So, yeah, I thought – all four of those teams had had a um, had a tremendous year. I mean, once you get into it, it, you know, having been in a couple of those, once you get into it, I mean, everybody's got the same shot. 
you know. So I think they have the, I think they have the right four teams. I think those four teams um, played the best, earned it, were the most consistent, and uh, should be interesting to watch. Okay, and the most famous USC alum that uh, you've spoken to or reached out to, or reached out to you to this point. Oh man, how, how do you, you even? Uh, Who do you have? I don't know that I'd want to name one. It's there. Mm. There's, there's been a, there's been a, a lot. I mean, you could feel. You can feel the love right now. I mean, you certainly can. My man Colin, Colin Coward, as far as USC fans, he yes. probably want me to mention him for sure. But there's been uh, now. There's he doesn't know. Actually, now he doesn't. Lincoln, he doesn't care. He doesn't care if you mention him. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Not at all. He doesn't have. A, he doesn't really mind. But okay, not so no, uh, not at all. Uh, no, it's been great. You, the people are they're ready. Okay, coach. Thanks for the time. Greatly appreciate it. Welcome to Southern California. If you need any, uh, you know, any uh, restaurant recommendations, school recommendations. You know, I'm here for you. I can help you Sounds out with good, that. my friend. We'll do it. Take care of yourself. That's Lincoln Riley, head football coach at the University of Southern California, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Colin went to Eastern Washington, I thought. <laughs> See you, USC guy? I think he's like a honk, is what they call oh, it. Okay. Honk. But, you know. I'm sorry. I just, I'm, just, I'm just looking down from my perch in the uh, college football playoff. <laughs> you know. What'd you think? How about uh, that early signing? Pre- Get rid that. of it, man. What are we doing December 15th? I think Honestly, it, it, it puts it puts people yeah. like Link like look, Lincoln Riley's position is great. Private jet. I mean, like he's living life like Waystar Royco. 24/7. Okay? Right, exactly. Like, so yeah. you succession. Succession. Oh, they got man, rid of the Jets almost. Yeah. Was, no, uh, the Jets like, are back. Jets uh, are back. Uh, <laughs> he told Jerry Jones no. Multiple times. Yeah. So, you know, because I don't think Jerry was given 11 mil and, and PJs and all sorts of stuff oh, like that. I no, so. no. So, and and Pac-12 recruiting Southern California living, it's it's all good. But to put him in the position of saying, I'm not going to be the LSU head coach, to, to refute that because he was going to USC and, and leave right there is because December 15th, everyone's right. an answer now. Right. Got to get it now. That's why Brian Kelly left early. That's why all these guys are – right. Know, that's, Mario Cristobal's going to Miami now. Right now. Like, yeah, it's all happening. And it's it's yeah. awful. Like, why do we want to put coaches in that position yeah, and players and players in that position and programs in that position? What is the point? Because you got to get high schoolers an answer. Like, why why was the period pushed up to December fifteenth? Like, what is the benefit of that from from the point of view of college administrators and NCAA uh, management? I don't get it. Is it an admissions thing? I don't know. Do we have to get these kids through? I mean, admission thing. I, I was I an early know. admission. I'm uh, just saying. I don't know. Uh, I was let in early by Michigan in, uh, in late 1985. Oh, good for you. ED Michigan. Nice. That's what I was. That's what I remember. I, I remember I got in early to Michigan, December of 85. Were they the only place you applied? I applied to Syracuse, mm-hmm. got in there, and Cornell. Nice. Because the communications part of Cornell was, was really state school. It's a, yeah. There's like a, a little slither of, of Cornell that's a state university system. Oh. So I would have been able to get an Ivy League education. Yes, yeah. of course, like yeah. that. So I you know, I got in early to Michigan, and I'm like, I'm going to Michigan. And that's when I decided to settle in and watch the Orange Bowl that year mm. to see what's this Michigan football stuff all about. <laughs> and we got beat by Nebraska and Tom Osborne. Oh. That was my welcome to wow. a rooting interest. Had no idea what I was in store for, <laughs> and what this Orange Bowl birth means. Thirty-five years later, yeah, brother, it's great. Yeah, buddy. Well, I'm saying is that you know, uh, 
they, 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 they could figure it out in the admissions office for the kids that get offered. You know, I, I yeah, don't get What's the harm it. in moving it back three I weeks until the season's actually over? Get it. Would that matter? Would that matter? Like Lincoln Riley would have spent this month answering questions. They, they, they'd be able to set up their moving vans. I don't easier? know, but had Oklahoma made the Final Four, had Notre Dame on the Final Four, you Oklahoma probably wouldn't had have won seen. Bedlam. Right, and then beaten Baylor. Right, they could have. They, they, there would have been a. There would have been what? Uh, th- there wouldn't have been an interim head coach there. You know, eight four four two zero four. Rich number to dial. There was a play in college football this weekend that has caused a huge debate. We're going to jump into that one, or we're going to slide and then keep running into that one. <laughs> nice. That's next, right here on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Seth in New Orleans, you're on the Rich Eisen Show. We'll take your call. What's up, Seth? Uh-oh. He's up. I'm going to put Seth back on hold one more time. You there, Seth? No? Uh, let's go to Ben in Mississippi. What's up, Ben? Richie Rich, my man and crew Howard thing. What's ben, going on, ben? Ben, ben? I wish I was doing as well as you, <laughs> but I got two grievances I want to get off my chest. Go for it. So, number one. Miami, what are you doing? That's a chump move. If you're going to go get a new head coach, fire the guy first. Don't let him be out here recruiting and doing everything like he still has to die when you. There's no need for that. That, That's that's a chump move. Come on. Come on, Miami. Number two, as you know, I live right here in SEC country. It just means more. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, Ben. So, So here's the thing. Georgia, if you live here, and I know you know football and everything like that, but when you live here in SEC country, you had to hear all the smoke about Georgia this and Georgia that and how Georgia defense was just so great. Now, again, you have to play who's on your schedule. I don't blame the kids for that. But if you live, again, living here in SEC country, and, again, this is particularly for sideline Mike. You knew how this story was going to end with Georgia. You just needed to fill in the rest. I don't know about that, Ben. Oh, hold on. Let, let me finish before you get in, and let me tell you why exactly. Here's the thing. It wasn't the defense that concerned me about Georgia. It's when Georgia has to really play these top-tier offenses, yeah. like the Alabamas, uh, like the LSU, correct. like the Floridas during the Urban Meyer era. Correct. That's when we really get to see what Georgia's about. And that's what and I want. I hope, uh, yeah. I hope for your sake. Yeah. And I was, and a lot of other people who can't stand George, 
I hope you put them down, Rich. Uh, <laughs> look, and, and thanks to call, Ben. Thanks to call, Ben. What Michigan's going to do, uh, first blush, is we're going to see if Stetson Bennett can handle the heat. That's all. That's all. And try and make it, try and, and against a stupendous defense, try and make some big plays. That's what Michigan's been able to do this year is put some big, big, big play players out on offense in a way that we haven't had them. That was the most amazing thing about Michigan season two is that Ronnie Bell is supposed to be the biggest of the big players that they had. Um, and he got hurt right off the bat. He was the one who was standing right in front of Harbaugh to keep his uh, mind off of turning behind him and seeing that uh, some Gatorade was coming his way. <laughs> so it was cool to see him out there. And, uh, you know, it was, Coop already turned to me because you think Ronnie Bell will be able to return for uh, for the college football playoff, Dad? I'm like, I like the way you think, son. I like the way you think, but I, I doubt it. I doubt it. But I do like the cut of his jib, my son, back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Jeff in Detroit. How you been, Jeffrey? What a weekend for you, huh, brother? What a weekend for you. What a double dip. Well, first, man, listen here. I, it, it couldn't be better here in Michigan. You know, the the weekend was wonderful. And I would like to say, I'm, I'm sure the Rich Eisen household is on cloud now. They kids will probably ask you, Daddy, can I show it? Why not? Because I'm <laughs> telling you, winning looks good on you. Winning smells good on you. Yeah. Uncle Rich, to those who say you're too braggadocious, you do me a favor. Yes, sir. You keep being my favorite NASCAR driver in reverse. <laughs> Richard Petty, Petty Richard, my guy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'd like to say thank you to the NFL and the college football for but uh, showing love to the families of Oxford. It's like putting a big old hug around them that they really needed at that point in time. Lions now, did too. Lions did too. That was uh, Dan yeah, Campbell yeah, and Jared Goff were very moving. I was ready to get to that. Yeah. Uh, the last time that I was able to say that the Detroit Lions won um, was one year ago. That's right. To the day. The last time the Detroit Lions won was December 6, 2020. And I, I tell you, giving the, the, the ball to the families – was was an excellent move by Dan Campbell. It was excellent. Now, to U of M, my brother, first of all, get some for Mike Wilbon because he had picked Iowa over Michigan. Okay. Restructuring Jim Harbaugh's $1.7 million contract. And, I mean, first, we got a defensive player that could possibly show up in New York. It could not be better for that man. He is he's Ann Arbor's favorite son right now. Well, he, he could really work. I mean, the man could do no wrong. Jeff, he could wind up in Detroit, just like you. That's where he could you go. You know what? And I, I was just thinking about that. Right, I said, man, this guy knocks out a national championship because to your audience, and they might not know this, at the start of the year, Jim Harbaugh, to stay at Michigan and keep that job, took less money, restructured his contract, got rid of some assistance. He knocks this national championship out the way. Wow. And, I mean, you got Chicago knocking on the door, possibly. You got other entities knocking on the door because he's a proven coach in the NFL. Yes. That's what scares me because I would just love him to stay there at Michigan. Thanks for the call, Jeff. You, do, you take care. Jeff in Detroit right there. So there was a play in the ACC championship game that wound up in the palm of my hand within seconds of the game, uh, the play uh, occurring. Boy, did that go viral. That went viral. Uh, Kenny Pickett, Heisman Trophy hopeful and uh, top draft choice hopeful in next year's draft. Uh, so talented, so physically talented that he can in full stride fake sliding and then keep go. <laughs> and that's what Kenny Pickett did. Like he he dips the right side of his body and 
and dragged his right foot to the point where it looked like he was in full steam, full stride, getting ready to slide and then kept going. And yeah, there weren't, there wasn't anybody around him uh, as he began the slide, but part of the reason why there was nobody around him for him to keep running is because those who were closing in definitely pulled up. And that caused a national debate. Is that play, should that play be considered illegal? And my answer to that is no. It should not be considered illegal because there's there's no way to um, codify that. You can't you can't codify that. Like what if you, at what point do you consider yeah. a slide having started? <laughs> right. You know, right. like you can't, you can't referee that. No. You can't referee that. The only way you can police that is if uh, you're a defender, go for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Now, the answer to that may be, well, you're going to get flagged for it. And I would proffer to say that any game that Kenny Pickett plays from now on, he has just written a very large check that uh, officials, I think, will allow defenders to cash. Like, kid has already shown he can do it. That's in his playbook. By the way, great spot to pull it out in is in a a championship game. But how can you make that illegal? I don't know how, you, like I said, you need to figure out, like you've broken down, like at one point, like if right. you if you make a 45-degree angle with your body, like, but again, that play is in there to protect Kenny, and he did, in fact, utilize that in a way to uh, his advantage against the defense, and the fact that he ran it in for a score yeah. as well right. is, is, makes it only uh, more shareable and viral and also kind of worse for him because if i'm a defender if you know who if i'm on uh michigan state if i'm mel tucker i'm showing that to the defense and say kid starts breaking down the slide you go hunt and i'll deal with it from there on out well, just good. don't use your helmet I'll just let's... don't use the crown of your helmet just make a good play hit him in the strike zone but you go and then i'll deal. i'll deal with the rest but we're not having that happen to us in the Peach Bowl if I'm Mel Tucker. And he's just written a large check that I think defenders are ready to cash in on him. What's going to happen, though, it's going to get them a flag. So, so, so on this play, he goes into a fake slide. The dearest defender in front of him is eight yards away. No, but the one to the side that breaks. It's like two yards. Yeah, it's the, but it's the one to the side that you, you could see that stops that stops. He kind of stops. He definitely doesn't kind of stop. He absolutely stops. Well, that's you play the whistle. There was no yeah. whistle. No, I and I, you know and, I mean? in the same way, in the same way that there is a rule in the NFL rule book to stop the clock, they give the the quarterback an ability to stop the clock and not get called for uh, intentional grounding to stop the clock. It's a it's you're spiking the ball in right. front of you, and that's to the benefit of you as a quarterback and you as an offense. And Dan Marino used that to his advantage to beat the Jets one year. But, like we but that's not earlier. a player safety. That's that's a rule that's in the rule book. This one's right. for player safety. This one's to protect the kid. And he used that to his right. advantage against the defense. And all I'm saying is you can't prevent that in the rule book, but you could prevent that as a defense. And that's Mel Tucker yeah. telling his staff to tell the players, 
Go for it. You get one. Don't don't use your helmet. I don't because right. I don't I don't want legally. I don't want this to be targeting. Right. But you go. I'll deal with the rest. Right. But that's not happening to us. And Kenny right. Pickett just wrote a, a a check that somebody might cash in on him. Yeah. But he did score the touchdown. It's it's like you know right? whatever I mean, trump card you get or whatever wild card if you're playing. Because you know, how can card, you you can't you get one shot? You can't, he used it one time. Right. That's it. He used it. It's over. I mean, he could do it again. He could, but even if he tries this in the NFL, right? You don't think someone's going to eat a fifty thousand dollar fine to get one good hit on I this kid? Like you're not going to do that stuff here. I think defenders are just faster in the NFL. I don't yeah. think you could pull that in the NFL. Maybe wow, not. Wow, that would Maybe be. Not, I mean, to pull be... that off in the NFL, like who would do? Like who could fake slide, Kyler? Lamar, right, like, Kyler, all these, by the way, I'm yeah. sure that like just because we're not thinking about it, it's not the first time this has been done. It's been done in the NFL. I'm sure. Has it? I don't recall I, ever I, seeing it. it I, I'm sure Lamar Jackson or Michael Vick at some point. I can't X, remember ever run. Yeah, I mean, I don't recall seeing I, it. I, I've never I seen it. I don't either, but maybe it's like a, a guy. A hell of, by the way, let me just jump yeah. in. It was a hell of a fake slide. Like that's it was incredible. Text, like yeah, it was. Great. I didn't know there was a textbook <laughs> version of this. Yeah, I didn't know there was a textbook for it, but. That was incredible. That is a truly, like, out of all of his Heisman-worthy maneuvers this year, that's right. that's the top of the list. I mean, Rich. this should get him in the top five, TJ. <laughs> <laughs> that was unbelievable in terms of a... Um, it was awesome. A physical yeah. prowess display. I don't want people to think that we're... Athletic. ...saying he did something wrong, either. It was no, just, no, definitely he not. Just, well, he the just shook the, the, the letter of the, what do you mean? the spirit he did. He well, broke the spirit. It's like, broke the I, have, spirit. Yes, I, I have the ability to what? do this so you don't, don't take my head off, so I will use that because it's on you, defenders, to not hit me when I slide, yeah. so I'm going to make sure what? I can run for a touchdown. Yeah, that's exactly. Should, should you not bluff in poker because it's you're, uh, you're being deception? Uh, that's the whole reason. Like, uh, they, they, uh, Kyler Murray goes to the hole and he shakes somebody. Yeah, but that the, was a bluff is not somebody. in there to, for my physical protection. I think the only time it's the bluff isn't in there to prevent me from going to the hospital. I think it's wrong if he was near the sideline, right, and made it look like he was going to hit because the quarterback did do, do that bounds, in NFL, maybe? and yeah, then you yeah, pull yeah. up and then you run. Now that. I feel is wrong. And by the way, I am offended by a check raise. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm personally offended sure. by it. For sure. A good friend should not check raise me, okay? Uh, probably not. <laughs> probably Especially not. if Rod Woodson's playing and with you, right? certainly a slow roll. That, <laughs> that is way is more offensive. offensive. Way more offensive. That's a slow roll. Kenny Pickett just slow roll the defense. Uh... <laughs> I'm going to beat you, and I'm slow. That's a slow roll. I have no idea what that means. Brockman knows what it means. So <laughs> are the poker players out there. <laughs> 